This is the Youth Worker Collective podcast from Young People's Ministries. You don't have to be in ministry alone with resources, coaching, games, and more at umcyoungpeople.com. Um, we are going to tackle some research that comes out of the Pew Research Institute. Yeah. Um, if you're not familiar with them, they they do surveys, you know, kind of across the board, mostly focused in the United States. They do a few uh, worldwide ones as well. Uh, just for someone who is a super nerd like me, um, I really appreciate Pew's research uh, because Pew is more of a pure academic research group, um, which is really important um, to have that as one of your sources when you're doing research. Um, Somebody like Barna is also good, but Barna is actually a marketing research group. And so um, they have two different focuses. Pew's trying to figure out exactly how to exactly how to uh, what's happening sort of from an academic standpoint. Barna is often trying to figure out how to market things to people through this research, right? So the 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 end of the research, like what people do with it afterwards, that sort of it's designed to help them understand is to market things to people or to provide services to people. So that's just, it's two very different focuses and, yeah. uh, you know, it's always a good thing to keep in mind when you're reading either of these these things, because if you're trying to market to people, Pew might not be the one that you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. Great, great uh, way to be able to kind of talk about the difference between those two very familiar sources. Uh, now, Jeremy, when I first shared this article with you, you kind of laughed at the very first, um, at the <laughs> the, very the first headline. information on it. Newsflash. Um, most parents say being a parent is harder than they expected. <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. It's it's the research is fantastic. The headline that, you know, some you just you win some, you lose some with headlines. I, I've written articles that had a headline writer write something that in no way represented what I was trying to say in the article. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I get that. But what's the content of this is really interesting. Yes. And, and so headline aside, this report is actually six web pages long, and, and we're only going to dip our toes into the water uh, about the the very, very bottom of that first link uh, that, that I put right. on the first page. Um, there was a bold um, kind of section of text and then a graphic. And and for those that are not able to follow the link or pull it up, um, I am going to read the headline for this last graphic to kind of grab my attention. And, and that's why we wanted to talk about it today. So fewer than half of parents place a lot of importance on their children sharing their religious and political beliefs. So the question was... By sharing, we're not meaning communicating. We're like shared between the parent and the child. Excellent use of vocabulary. And that's absolutely correct, right? Like, Because I misread it when I, when I first read it. <laughs> you're going to have an even bigger evangelization problem than we even thought of, right? If sharing, right. No, no sharing. Bad. No, sharing bad. Not that kind of sharing. Um, no, sharing like I, I want you to, to be in the same boat as I am in terms of what I believe, right? So, so the question right. was, ranking um, behaviors that were either extremely or very important to their children. Okay. So like Mm -hmm. I'm a parent, this is something I think is really important for my child to have in their back pocket as they grow up to be adults. Um, 
94% of parents said that it was important for their children to grow up to be honest and ethical. Right. 88% be hardworking. 81% be someone who helps others in need. 80% be accepting of people who are different from them. 65% be ambitious. Okay, and now the very, very low ones. 35% said that it was important for their kids to have similar religious beliefs to their own. And an even smaller percentage, 16% of adults said that it was very important for their children to have similar political beliefs to their own. So, and that is really interesting. The similar religious beliefs to their own is, uh, is fascinating. I know we're going to dig a little deeper into it, but like, um, I, I think, I think that when we are looking as youth workers um, about uh, at the way that we are approaching teaching, mm-hmm. um, it appears, at least from this research, that parents are not looking for us to impart specific beliefs that the parents hold into the sort of empty vacuum. I, I read this as a style uh, in one part as a style of teaching, right? Yeah, like sure. they uh, they're not interested in their kid getting the you know taking the uh, religious beliefs exam and coming up with the same enneagram number as them, <laughs> right? They they are looking for uh, they want the, they want their kids to have the freedom to uh to make their own decisions about religion yeah um and i i think you know as i if you read it that way i should say which i do that matches with my experience right okay most of the parents that i have been around or know would say yes i want my kids to have the ability to choose their own beliefs um it's interesting what happens when they choose beliefs that are different from their parents. <laughs> but at the heart of it, I think I I read that and I say, yeah, yeah, I think that matches. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I was going to laugh along with you about um, that observation about, uh, yeah, so totally okay for you to learn different stuff and believe different things from me until something happens, right? I mean, there, right. there's a reason that as we, you know, become adults that holidays become stressful or you stop talking about religion and politics, that right. somehow there's this really weird interplay uh, between this survey sort of showing that value of openness, right? Like that that right. value of wanting to let your children or let your youth be able to explore different religious beliefs. And um, yet, if that religious belief or if a political belief, you know, based on this as well, ends up falling somewhere that is antithetical to what I believe, then there's right. stress, right? Like then there's issues. Right. Um, and, and it's interesting because there's sort of actively antithetical beliefs, but there's also sort of uh, just non-belief. So yeah. that... Uh, I have gotten to be part of lots of different kinds of confirmation. Um, and one of the um, uh, 
One of the things that has been very important to me in confirmation is for students to feel like they have the, the chance to choose how they're going to respond to this moment, right? Yeah. Are they going to choose to be a Christian because they want to be a Christian, not just because their parents are Christians? Are they going to choose not to? Are they wanting to join a church or are they not wanting to join a church, right? Um, part of a good, com- in my opinion, <laughs> part of a good confirmation curriculum gives them the lay of the land in their tradition and then lets them make a decision. Um, and uh, and so I have multiple times uh, been in that place where a student uh, gets to the end of it and says, yeah, I'm not a Christian, right? Or yeah. I... I am a Christian, but I do not want to be part of this church. Sure. I deeply disagree with this uh, this movement on this issue, and I can't in good conscience join this faith community. And when that has happened, uh, oftentimes parents have wanted me to spend extra time with their kid. In order to make them... And they say, I want them, I just want them to, uh, well, it depends. Uh, in more progressive areas, it's been, I really just want them to, I just want to make sure that they're really well, they're making this decision. Like they're not sure, you know, yeah. just being rebellious. Uh, and in, in more conservative, more evangelical places, I've had people say, I'm just afraid for their salvation. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want them. I'm really scared. I believe that they might go to hell because of this or whatever that is. And like, I really don't want them to make this choice. Um, I, I wanted them to have the choice and I wanted them to make the right one. <laughs> and and the right that, one is something similar to where I have found myself. Right. They, they're like, well, I didn't, I didn't expect them to believe everything that I believe, but I expected them to believe Um and so that's a, you know, it's a really, it's a really interesting place to be in. I'm wondering, Chris, have you ever been in that kind of a position? And um, uh, how do you, how do you navigate those waters as a youth worker? Yeah, I, I for sure have. So, um, so this is actually a really in, interesting intersection of confirmation uh, and that idea uh, along with this Pew research data in terms mm-hmm. of you know, uh, adults wanting their children to be able to explore their own beliefs. Um, and, and I wish that the survey had asked how important those beliefs were, right? Right. Uh, because there's been plenty uh, from Barna and Pew and, and other groups that have talked about sort of the rise of nuns and duns, right? So like right. no religious affiliation or completely done with religion. And, and in my mind, right. when I see that data, um, if I'm somebody that does not have like a firm set of religious beliefs, of course, my answer is going to be, well, yeah, I, I want my kid to be able to explore whatever they want and, and find what they believe and what mm-hmm. works for them, right? Um, which is very contrary, I think, to some of the like religious traditions. If somebody does have a very, very active faith life, and an important part of that faith life is passing on <clears throat> that set of beliefs, and I'll, I guess I would use the evangelical church maybe as one example, right? Where it's like... Mm-hmm one generation away is always like that generation that could take the slide and, and then end up being, you know, damned in hell for all eternity or whatever. Right. Um, 
And if that is the belief system that you're coming from, you're absolutely going to want to pass on those, those religious beliefs, right? Um, mm-hmm. th- anyway, back to your question. Uh, yes, I have found myself in that position. Um, and we'll, we might sneak into a bit of a teaching moment here because uh, in the tradition that you and I are both a part of in the United Methodist Church, um, uh, our denomination practices infant baptisms, right? Which is something that is not shared among uh, every Christian institution or every church that's out there. Uh, but the, like the United Methodist way of understanding baptism and then how it leads to confirmation is when an infant is baptized, um, it's the congregation and it's the family members that make a lot of like vows and promises about how that congregation is going to help raise that young person um, in a caring community, right? Mm-hmm. Um and there's several different vows that go with it. If you're watching live on Facebook, I, I put the links to um, the baptismal covenant as well as our uh, United Methodist vows. Uh, but the way that baptism and confirmation tie together in the United Methodist tradition is, in a lot of ways, a confirmation process or a confirmation class is a young person's opportunity to respond to that congregation that had made promises when they were a baby for helping them uh, to be exposed to a faith life and understand what it means to uh, live a humble life of service as a Christian and to uh, be a witness and to do all those things, right? Um, It's also a really interesting one when we talk about confirmation, because I will say, uh, I mean, the the local church that uh, I most recently served in was in a, a pretty uh, politically mixed area. Like, I, I don't think it was very red or very blue. It, it was actually very, very purple, uh, and in a really healthy way. Um, mm-hmm. but even in that situation, it was like, okay, we're putting you in confirmation class either because I'm coming at this from the idea that it's a tradition that it's important for me as the parent for you to do some learning, but also yes, to say that you're going to become a member of this church. Um, and, you know, uh, the majority of the youth that were enrolled in my confirmation classes were done so by parents with the expectation that they would say yes to all the things at the end, right? Like, yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I will be a member of this church. Yes, I will do those things. Um, And so I wonder about the shape that that takes in terms of like how those beliefs play out. Because as a youth leader, I've also gotten myself, you know, caught a couple of times, probably more than a couple, if I'm being honest, um, uh, about, you know, teaching things that would be consistent with United Methodist beliefs that might not have been consistent with the parents' uh, beliefs of the youth in my in my church, right? Um, right. And so I find myself kind of in some sticky places where, like, there is this value of uh, diversity of thought, but the rubber really does meet the road if what a child is learning or what they're being exposed to in terms of like faith language, faith discussions really comes into conflict with something that a parent believes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think that part of that is um, I I think it's, it can be difficult when you are, uh, especially if you're employed as a youth worker mm-hmm. um, and somebody, a parent gets frustrated with this kind of circumstance, uh, they come to you in that frustration, but it's almost, if you're not careful, you can read it as them coming at you saying you've done a bad job. Oh, right? sure. Yeah. 
But the reality is like, that's not what they're saying. What they're saying is like, I'm concerned about my kid. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And that is different than saying you're doing a bad job. Um, and, uh, and, and so it's really important in those situations to, to hear what they're saying, but hear also what they're not saying yeah. in a way and respond, respond to what they're not saying as well. Right. And so I, you know, for me, it's saying, I appreciate you, your concern. I know that you are really concerned about your kid, right? You have these deeply held beliefs and they have, um, they, they're saying that they don't share those beliefs and that can be really um, concerning and disappointing and frustrating. And, and depending on what those beliefs are, that can be scary. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and so being able to come to them and just sort of acknowledge that deeper pain and anxiety and hurt at the beginning can, can help. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, and say, you know, I know that you are probably, you don't want them to, (laughs) you don't want us to overrule their choices of beliefs. Um, So let's, let's figure out what is between overruling their sources of belief and where we are today. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, that, that scared language that you used, um, you know, reminds me about, you know, wanting to ask that parent what, what they might be anxious or or nervous or scared about as well, because in my experiences uh, often, you know, that parent is scared for what that means with their relationship with their kid. Yeah. Um, if my child ends up believing something very, very different than what I believe, or even something that I'm comfortable with, right? Like if we're going to mm-hmm. get into moral and ethical pieces, um, yeah. what does that mean for the relationship that I'm going to have going forwards between me and my kid? Um, and you right. as a youth worker would be really uniquely positioned to be able to kind of help navigate some of that as well, right? To, right. to ease some of those fears that... Um, it, it, by just being able to remind parents that, you know, sort of diversity in thought and, and these pieces are actually really healthy. And in terms of adolescent development, it's what you would want to see in a young person, right? Like yeah. if you're, if you're raising somebody that is going to be um, able to be independent uh, and able to uh, critically think about the world that they see around them, um, inevitably, they are going to start to push um, and find some things that they believe that they don't have in common with you. And that's really healthy developmentally. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's really important. And then I think though, as you look at this research, you know, you pointed out to me, Chris, that um, some of these things that are highly valued by parents um, are things that are religious in nature, right? I, I would so, completely agree. So, so the top four answers, um, 94% said it's important for my children to grow up to be honest and ethical. Right. This feels like a religious tenant. Does it not? Yes. Right? Like, yeah. As we talk yeah. about belief systems and those things that we like uh, being honest and being ethical, uh, those are at the heart of the 10 commandments and, and countless right. other stories. Right. Um, 88% 
said it was important for their children to grow up to be hardworking. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily always a religious feature. However, mm-hmm. um, like the vast majority of my family is like reformed Pennsylvania Dutch that are up in Wisconsin. And there is an absolute link between like faith and works, <laughs> right? Like the harder right. that you work, the more faithful you are kind of a thing. And I, I know that uh-huh. I'm not unique in having that experience. However, the next the next one's down. 81% and 80% are, are clearly religious values to me as well. Um, right. 81% of parents said, it's important for my child to grow up to be someone who helps others in need. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, caring for God, caring for neighbor. It's at the heart of so much of the Christian faith as well. And then finally, four, num- uh, 80% of parents said it was important for their children to grow up to be accepting of people who are different from them. Yeah. Uh, which is really interesting to me. And, and I do think, you know, plays out in terms of the religious sphere as well. Um, right. That as, uh, you know, multiple faith groups get together and, and you grow up and you realize not everybody does be, like belong to the same church as you or believe the same things as you. Uh, mm-hmm. It's an increasingly diverse world. And so that idea of um, acceptance and if I could use Christian language for it, right? Like, you know, sort of seeing that imago day or bringing right. that, um, you know, recognizing that somebody else is an image bearer of God mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. loving that person because to love God is to love the people that God has created. That one feels very religious to me too. So even though like the, the specific question itself in the study kind of parsed it out, man, three of those top four feel awfully important for a youth worker to pay attention to in terms of what they're offering in terms of like discipleship and faith formation at their church. Right. And and I think that's like, that's something that I think is important um, uh, to understand about parents uh, because it helps you also communicate to them, right? Not only, like you said, yeah. designing discipleship, um, uh, programs and pathways and curriculum and all that kind of stuff, but also like making sure that like, you know, when you're talking to parents, you can choose to highlight the, the different ways that your ministry, um, you know, prepares students for the world. Yeah. Um, and to be the, the people that we want them to be. And knowing this, like you can say, yeah, look, one of the things that like we're talking about, I don't know, the story of the Good Samaritan, we're talking about ethics, mm-hmm. right? And 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 what we, you know, like we don't use these kinds of terms with kids all the time, but you know, parents, you need to understand, like we're we're trying to help them learn how to be honest and ethical through yeah. that parable because it's a it's a, a religious belief, like it's, it's the outworking of our faith. Um, and, uh, and, and so knowing that is, is helpful and also, you know, making sure that like you, you focus on these things, um, because there's a a whole host of, of big ideas that you can, you can think about and talk about. And, uh, if you're not, if you're not focusing on those ones that the parents are valuing, you can, you'll, you can get all kinds of crazy comments from people. Um, that you aren't you aren't teaching anything that's actually helping their kids be the kids they want them to be in the world, right? You know, something else that just came to mind, and and this might work almost uh, as a bit of a closer, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it as well. So, because 
uh, over two thirds of parents in this particular survey said it was not important for their kids to have their same religious beliefs. And 84% of them said it was not important for their kids to have similar political beliefs. Um, there is an opportunity that you also have as a youth worker to be in ministry with parents um, to prepare them for conflict, right? Right. Yes. Um, that 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 it is totally natural. Would you say it is absolutely okay that you believe something else? Um, right. And when that happens, you're also, you know, setting the stage for there to be disagreements or there to be conflicts in the future. Um, so if, if you are a youth worker, or, well, and you you also are a parent of teens. So, I mean, I can ask you this as a parent as well. Um, I mean, what do you think uh, would be helpful for a youth worker to be able to help parents, guardians, caregivers um, in terms of, you know, like kind of honoring and recognizing that differentiation um, and ways to have like healthy conflict when mm -hmm. you've got young people that are starting to believe things different from the way that you believe them. I think that uh, in every community, there are different issues that are sort of more important than others, right? Mm -hmm. Hot button issues. I think first off, uh, making sure that you communicate ahead of time, if you're going to be communicating about those things at youth group, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that parents at least the kid doesn't their kid doesn't get in the car and start having a conversation out of the blue that they are just not prepared for <laughs> right that's a huge piece um i i think um i think the other thing that is really helpful is being clear on who you are as a youth ministry as a church um, and, uh, you know, inviting people to, to read things like the social principles and understand that's sort of where you're going to be coming from. Um, and if there is a, is a moment at which you say our church believes X, it's going to come from there, whether or not that's what you personally believe, right? That, that's what it's going to get the official endorsement, um, and it could, because I, I found that uh, a significant number of parents um, are caught off guard by some of that. Sure. They didn't know and they didn't look into it. They just sort of like, like this thing and like this church and the pastor was really nice to them. And so they kept going and then they're like, Oh wait, I didn't realize that was what we believed about whatever it is. Um, so being clear on that is really, really, really helpful because um, wh while your parents may be up for their kid making a decision that is different than their own, um, when that decision, when that difference is something that you said, this is what the United Methodist Church believes, and they didn't know that, <laughs> and that is in opposition to what they believe, mm. that can be a bigger deal. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so just, you know, making sure parents understand, like new parents, when you're, when they're, um, if you, if you get to meet with new parents, just say, Hey, yeah, this is, we're Methodist and you can Google what we believe about stuff. You can Google the social principles or, or whatever it is. Uh, that can be really, uh, I think really important, really helpful. And I know that for me as a parent, I'm, I am familiar enough with the world of youth ministry to know that there is all kinds of religious trauma that is possible. And so mm -hmm. I'm, I am particularly careful that my kids don't experience that. 
right? Mm. And I, I don't put them into groups, places, churches that uh, I think that might happen. And so, um, uh, so that's a, an important thing to also sort of keep in mind is like there's a there's a range of parents that are more or less activated in how they're choosing churches. Mm. That's fascinating, actually. Um, I feel like we should probably end our conversation by forcing ourselves to answer that same question. How important is it for you, Jeremy Steele, as a parent, that your children grow up believing the same things that you do? I would say I cannot answer that broad of a question. <laughs> nice dodge. Like, well, no, because there are there are some beliefs that are very important for me mm, that they yep. share these. And yep. I am I am really trying to convince them without being super sketchy and using logic fallacies or or fear, right? <laughs> um, and then there's some beliefs that I'm like, do your thing. You come up, come to your own <laughs> realization. But but if it's but you're I I I don't want them to be okay with being a bully, right? <laughs> like that's oh, not yeah. a belief that's like okay, right? <laughs> There's all kinds of beliefs uh that that we have. So I would say I can't, I feel like if I it would be impossible for me to generalize that. Sure. Um, because you could ask, but if you ask any specific belief, I could give you that answer. Um what about you, Chris? Do you feel like you have a, a ability to generalize on that one uh it's difficult and and i appreciate the way that you talked about it actually because you know in terms of religious beliefs um you know pastors kids yeah have the blessing or the curse right of growing up with a parental figure right mom or dad Mm -hmm. who does this you know sort of for a living right yep um and i don't know you I'm not a giant Marvel fan. This will make sense in a moment. I'm not, I'm not, I'm like, I, I can only go so far into the Marvel universe and have it still make sense to me. Um, I get it. Yeah. Same. You and I would be sort of the equivalent of Marvel nerds in terms of religious life. Right. And so right. it's, it's a real wrestle for me for how quickly or how deeply I, I invite my children into mm-hmm. the world that, that is, you know, sort of my whole being, right. It's, my personal life. It's my professional life. It's all these things. Um, And at the same time, uh, my wife is a a yoga teacher. She, she's very, very good. Um, And through her yoga training, right. um, Has really gotten exposed to a whole different set of religious beliefs, right. In in terms of uh, like things that come from a Buddhist background and that kind of stuff. And so there's no way that Emily and I could have our kids both believe the same things that we do because there are some things that we believe differently. Right. Um, so for us, I guess it's really, really important for us to be able to model um, how you can, you know, still love somebody and be in a great relationship with somebody when you have different beliefs about religion or different beliefs about the way the world works or vote in different ways, you know, those kinds right. of things. Um, so anyway, I, I guess that's how I would answer it. I hope that's not a full dodge, but you're right. Like it's a, it's a big question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, 
folks, I hope you really enjoyed listening to our conversation today. Um, I did put a few bit more links than usual in the Facebook Live conversation. There's the original Pew article we were talking about. I linked to the United Methodist Baptismal Covenant, the United Methodist uh, vows that somebody would take during confirmation, and then also a link to the social principles that Jeremy mentioned, uh, which have to do about like the church's official stance on any number of kind of modern and and current day social topics, right? So I encourage you all to uh, check those out. Uh, Jeremy, really look forward to the next time we get to do this. Absolutely. We'll see ya. See ya.